This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with John Thomas Flynn, who is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Ask the CIO, SLED edition on Federal News Network. Now your host, John Thomas Flynn. Welcome, everyone. Our guest today is Jessica Jones, Chief Technology Officer of the State of Arkansas. Welcome to Ask the CIO SLED Edition, our state and local program, Jessica. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, before we get started on your IT issues and state priorities, our listeners mm-hmm. like to hear about our guest background. The guests I've had on the show over the last year have been all over the place. Our your colleague, mm-hmm. uh, Delaware's James Collins started as a dental technician in the Air Force, and John McMillan of Pennsylvania worked for the Canadian Department of Defense. And my favorite is from my old stomping grounds in Massachusetts is Kurt Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he began mm-hmm. his career in prison. We got a kick out oh, of that wow. one. Yeah, but he was not a convict now. He was a correctional officer. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about yours, Jessica, uh, before your appointment by Governor Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Mine, actually, you know, I have a, a degree in computer science. So I have a bachelor's degree in computer science, and I also have a master's in business administration from a wonderful university here in Arkansas. It's Harding University. Largest private um, university I, in the state. That's correct. It's a, private, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Christian university. It's a private university. That's, that's correct. So I have about 22 years of experience in the IT field. Um, you know, I started as a programmer. In fact, uh, my first job out of college they started putting me doing mainframe, which that's not what I learned in college. <laughs> I'm not that, you know, I'm not that old. So I did that for about six months, and I remember just, you know, I did not like it. I didn't like the black screen with the green letters. And, uh, you know, I asked to be moved to, back then, what it was called, the, uh, the client server team. Uh-huh. So I worked in the private sector for about 16 years uh, in different companies. I worked for TRW. Um, now it's called Northrop Grumman. I also worked, uh, moved to Houston for about two and a half years, and I worked for Pennzoil Quaker State uh, in Houston, and also um, at Axiom Corporation, uh, that is, you know, housed uh, here in Arkansas for about ten years, um, all in the in the programming and the databases um, type of realm of, of IT positions. But I also uh, served as an assistant professor at Harding University in the Department of Management Information Systems. So over there, I taught data management, uh, database design and implementation, web development, and business applications programming. And I also worked for Governor Hutchinson uh, in 2016 as an outreach liaison uh, to the Hispanic community. Okay. And then, of course, uh, I think you went to work at the uh, DIS, as you called it, back in, uh, in 2016. Tell us about that part of your career. That's correct. So I worked for Governor Hutchinson, as I mentioned, as an outreach liaison. Uh, it was a part-time job that I was doing, um, and I was teaching at the same time at the university. Um, I did that for about six months, um, but I know um, the the governor knew that my background was all uh, technical, of course, you know, my career on the IT field. So they started um, sending me to DIS. DIS is the Division of Information Systems to review IT contracts. It's part of the procurement process. And uh, I was coming here to the division and, you know, as part of the governor's office 
to kind of, you know, weigh in on some of the IT contracts. And I guess when you're vocal <laughs> um, and, and, and you speak up, um, I guess it caught the attention of uh, the back then director. Um, so it was in 2016 that um, they selected me as a deputy director of DIS. Um, so I did that for about six months, somewhere around there. Uh, and then the, the director, the previous director, vacated the position, uh, and the governor designated me to first serve as an acting director, and then he asked me to permanently serve uh, in the director's role in March 2017. Well, that's interesting. You know, I, I understand there were some troubles back a few years ago, uh, and of course you had some major reorganizations, so it must have been very interesting for you to take over during that time of uh, uh, of major changes. Uh and you were promoted up through the division, so it was very comfortable for you, I assume, to take over that role. It was. Um, you know, luckily I had a good relationship with, with, with the director uh, back then. And But again, of course, you know, it's all new. Uh, whenever I was a deputy, I was uh, in charge of HR, uh, finance, um, uh, the legislative liaisons, and enterprise architecture. So I didn't have the whole... Uh, enterprise, but it was great. Uh, I think the staff, uh, the executive team, uh, you know, uh, it was thanks to them that kind of helped me uh, throughout navigating, you know, through the entire responsibilities of the whole um, enterprise. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us about your uh, DIS, Department of Information Services. I know there were some, as I mentioned, some major reorganizations that were done several years ago, and uh, it was very interesting to see. I guess Prior to that reorganization, I believe there were 40-some uh, departments that were cabinet level, if you will, and now I think that's dropped down to about uh, uh, around 15 or so. Tell us about how that reorganization worked. Absolutely. So let me just kind of give you a little background. So DIS is the Division of Information Systems. It was first established by legislation, I think it was around 1977, as the Department of Computer Services, actually. Then it was reestablished as the Department of Information Systems in 1997. Um, the position, my position of the Chief Technology Officer was created in 2007. We are a cabinet-level agency. Uh, we were a cabinet-level uh, agency where the CTO reported directly to the governor. Um, now, the government transformation plays DIS as a division under the Department of Transformation and Shared Services. So this is the tra transformation that you talk about. Uh, this happened this past July. So they had, the governor had about, you know, 40-plus uh, direct reports, and they consolidated the departments into now his, uh, his cabinet as form of 15 secretaries. You must have needed an awful big room for those cabinet meetings, huh? <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, the, the transformation plays DIS as now division. So we were a department, now we're a division under the Department of Transformation and Share Services, where the secretary of the department now reports directly to the governor. So I retain my role as a director uh, of now um, what we call TSS, Transformation uh, Share Services, uh, DIS, and uh, the CTO. Uh, now, other uh, divisions under uh, the Department of Transformation and Shared Services is Office of Personnel Management, Division of Procurement, uh, Employee Benefits Division, Division of Building Authority, uh, and Geographic Information System. Okay. Well, tell us about your budget, your staff leadership, and some of your senior staff. I understand that, uh, that Arkansas has approximately a $30 billion uh, state budget. Tell us about the information technology side of that. Absolutely. 
like, like I mentioned, you know, when the government the government transformation took place, we went under the cabinet level agency now reporting directly to the governor uh, to a division under the Department of Transformation Insurance Services. Um, you know, DIS, the Division of Information uh, Systems, is a cost we are a cost recovery organization. We do not receive general revenue funds from the state. Uh, we function like a business and bill our customers, which are uh, state agencies, boards, and commissions, for the IT products and services procured from us. Uh, but we're not allowed to make a profit. Uh, we can only recover the cost to provide uh, the product or service from our customers. Um, we do receive a small appropriation from the state innovation fund, uh, amounting to approximately 0.5% of our total budget. Um, internally, we have our executive leadership team, uh, and I have my senior staff team. So members of my executive team uh, include my chief operation officer, my chief uh, customer relations uh, administrator, of course, you know, my CISO, my chief security officer, and my CFO, my chief uh, fiscal officer. So if you were going, I understand you have a cost recovery uh, mechanism there, but if you were going to aggregate the IT costs across the state, what do you think it would be? The IT cost? Yeah, mm. IT budget, if you will. If I was to aggregate all of it, oh. But how about just your organization itself? You recover approximately so my, for, for ours, our budget is about $80 million. Okay. All right. That for the cost good. recovery part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For DS. Uh, you know, I'm always interested uh, in state and local government CIOs' relationship uh, with their executive director, whether that's a chief executive officer or other ex executive champion like you have with, uh, with Amy Fetcher. Uh, let's get into that. But first, uh, uh, we'll take a short break now. Our guest today is Jessica Jones, Chief Technology Officer for Arkansas. You're listening to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. What if things we use every day could also scrub the air of excess carbon dioxide, a major cause of climate change? Corinne Fennig, a University of North Carolina biology professor, says while this isn't really her area of expertise, the idea struck her while throwing out a bag of trash. I thought if we can make those trash bags out of materials that absorbed carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere even a little bit and sequestered that in a landfill, what other kinds of things could we do at that same level? She imagined things like carbon-grabbing home air filters. And then as a biologist, I started thinking about genetically modifying plants or crops that are better able to pull carbon dioxide in. Fennec admits that some of this will require engineering breakthroughs, but says even modest levels of success multiplied by many millions of people could make real progress in addressing climate change. More at nae.edu radio. With the National Academy of Engineering, Randy Atkins, Federal News Network. Jonathan Aberman here. Join me for an exciting show that examines the relationship between entrepreneurship, innovation, and policy in the Washington, D.C. region. I find the stories that explain why and how local innovation often influences the federal government, and I get stories told by people who are making it happen. I always learn something myself, and I bet you will too. Tune in Monday afternoons at 2.30 on Federal News Network, or subscribe to What's Working in Washington on iTunes or Podcast One. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. 
for news on the federal pay raise. To learn how other agencies handle IT modernization. To see how Congress funds my agency. For changes to my TRICARE benefits. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission. Welcome back to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn, and my guest today is Jessica Jones, Chief Technology Officer for the state of Arkansas. Uh, just before we left, Jessica, I was talking about we were talking about executive champions. Tell us about your uh, relationship with your uh, executive sponsor, if you will, Amy Fetcher. Amy Fetcher, uh, she's our new secretary. She uh, she's a transformational leader. Um, again, she's in charge of you know not only um, transforming governor, but also placing that shared services environment that is highly needed uh, for the state. So she's got a big role. Um, we have a great relationship with Meet on a weekly basis. Um, you know, we we did the little part of the shared services within the Department of Transformation and Shared Services, and that has been a great win. We're constantly um, thinking about, you know, what initiatives we're going to be working and how really we need to start thinking of a statewide uh, solutions. You know, also, you know, with the governor, I had always had an outstanding relationship with, with Governor Hutchinson. Um, he's the one who recognized my potential and guided me to serve uh, a DIS, uh, first as the deputy director, then as the interim director, and, of course, you know, ultimately uh, the director. Um, you know, the relationship throughout the time has been strong, and I think, you know, one of the key things is that he understands the importance of technology's role in a state government. Um, and, and I think, you know, he has passed up time with Amy Fetcher. I think she, she does understand the importance of technology uh, in a state government, so we feel very confident that we're in good hands. Well, why don't you tell us anything about your current initiatives this year? What are the big things that you're working on in Arkansas? Oh, we have a lot of a lot of initiatives that we're working on today. Uh, you know, today we're working on a statewide uh, rollout of Microsoft Office 365. Um, so we're hoping to be complete with that here in the next uh, couple of months. That rollout is across the executive branch. We are also upgrading our broadband for um, our executive branch as well. So we're going to Ethernet uh, broadband. So again, these are all statewide solutions uh, across the executive branch. We're also converting Centrex to VoIP. Um, you know, we have a lot of Centrex lines out there. So we're making sure that everybody's going to be uh, uh, utilizing VoIP. Uh, one of our big initiatives is our data center optimization effort. Uh, we are a highly decentralized state, so uh, the main goal is to centralize IT infrastructure uh, in one of our data centers and utilize in a collocation, um, which we have put together a, a great, great partnership with the state of Oklahoma. So we will be utilizing the state of Oklahoma for our collocation, and they're going to be utilizing us as well. So that, to me, that was a great win. It talks about an incredible partnership uh, between uh, two neighboring states. We're also implementing a service, an IT service management solution here uh, at the division, as well as an IT financial management solution. Um, you know, whenever I came on board, it had been a while uh, since um, the division actually had implemented uh, solutions or upgraded some of those solutions. So we looked at some of the areas that we really needed to improve, and those two were actually key. And another big initiative that we are hoping to have that, you know, wrapped up again here in a couple of months is our mainframe as a service. 
so we're utilizing um, a vendor who is going to uh, manage our mainframe today. So we only have two customers left uh, on the mainframe. So we're hoping that in the next couple years, uh, two to three years, we should be off the mainframe. So those are, you know, some of the bigger initiatives that we have going on. Okay. Now, I would assume, I didn't see this in my research, but I would assume that uh, Governor Hutchinson must have a state of the state speech coming up if he hasn't already already given it. Uh, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit of that. What do you expect to see in your budget for the next fiscal year for that begins uh, this summer? I'm hoping, um, and, and I think, you know, one of his big initiatives will be in technology and cybersecurity. Um, I'll tell you, he just uh, put together a cybersecurity task force. You know, he's big into technology. He started the Computer Science Initiative back in 2015, and it has, it has had a tremendous impact not only here at the state but also nationally. Well, now, uh, you know, he wants us to do more. He wants to do more. He wants to expand and really look into the areas as to how do we um, – you know, in regards to cybersecurity and as well as computer science, how do we expand that knowing what technologies are ahead of us? Um, you know, he created this task force. We're looking into how do we bring industry to kind of help us? You know, what do we need to do to recruit and, and, and retain individuals um, or the students? Uh, what do we need to do to train not only the teachers but the students? What kind of technologies are needed today and into the future? Um, so I'm hoping to see, um, you know, that something in that regard in regards to technology. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, go back to your description of the partnerships that uh, that you mentioned regarding uh, Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma. Uh, is Bo Reese uh, still the CIO over there? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's really innovative. I don't know of any other states mm-hmm. that are uh, – and there's a couple of alliances with regards to electronic benefit transfers right. with – co-location consolidation of data centers. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. You know, and this is the great thing about NACIO. Uh, you know all about NACIO, the National Association for State CIOs. You're talking you to know, a former president. Be- You're talking to a former president of NACIO. Oh, NACIO. well, of course. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and I'll tell you, I mean, that's that's the beauty of NACIO. You know, it was one, uh, it was, it happened in one of our events, um, you know, talking to Bo, and, and we always talk about what we're working on. And we were talking about my data center optimization effort, and it's one of those that we kind of threw the question out there. I said, what if I use your data center? He goes, well, I could use yours. I mean, it was really very low-key conversation, I mean, just like that. And we were like, we really need to start looking into it. So, you know, we just kind of tasked our teams, and let's just say, let's, let's see what if it's doable, if we can do it, the, the legal side of it. And we tasked our teams. I mean, it took a while, but... We, we got it done, um, and, and, and it, it goes back to don't be afraid to ask. I mean, any idea is a good idea, right? Um, and, and to me, it talks about, you know, the great partnership and, and cost savings for, for both of us. Oh, I know. It's a wonderful initiative. I, I'm, I'm really surprised I haven't heard about it before, but I'm, I'm actually going to get back to you. That's, a, that's worth a, a story in and of itself. Uh, gr- great mm-hmm. job, because I've always said that. Why do you know? I was telling this somebody the other day. Why do uh, why are there fifty Department of Motor Vehicle systems out there when uh, you know, particularly <laughs> exactly. uh, some of the you know California if, uh, could handle uh, several other states if it had a system that worked. But that's a that's a that's story right. for another. That's right, day. And, and Bo, I mean, that's the kind of leader he is, right? I mean, just open for discussion. 
I, I love that, that I can call any of my peers and just, you know, at any, a drop of a hat, send them a text and, and see what do you think about this, what do you think about that, or, and, and that's how it came about. That's how this great opportunity came about. Yeah, it's a great organization, no question about it. Let's, um, let's mm-hmm. discuss the, your organizational culture and change management. I often uh, speak with CIOs who have come from the private sector about the transition, but also other ones have come up through the ranks of government. You have, you have a lot of both, and you also have that higher ed experience. So tell us about that. Uh, when you came into your position, you'd been there in the state for several years, uh, so you mm-hmm. kind of knew what you're getting into. But sometimes that, uh, that causes as many problems as, as if you, you came from the outside. Tell us about how you were able yeah. to manage that, uh, working with people that you, uh, you work together with, and all of a sudden you're overseeing many of what they, much of what they do. That's right. I think, you know, there's a saying that talks about, you know, culture will eat you for breakfast, right? <laughs> so I think when, when you're trying to implement change, uh, some kind of organizational change, it's, it's very key that, that, that you listen to, to your employees, um, that it's, it's not just, you know, you, you prepare for this change, you want to implement it, but really you need to get everybody um, get their feedback, get their opinion, and, and then, you know, and, and try to convey your vision and get everybody involved and get everybody to buy in. Um, you know, our, our organizational culture will be more important than ever as we continue to transform the structure of state government. Um, the reorganization and transformation, I think it dictates at least some level of cultural change as we evaluate the current skill sets at our staff with the goal of putting them in places they can be more productive. Uh, I think that's just, it's part of IT, right? Uh, as an outcome of this, I think our team may find that they will work either within new areas or more closely with some areas that they have in the past. Um, you know, managing such a change is never easy, but uh, some of the main keys are to be transparent. Again, be transparent and, and listen to the ideas of those uh, coming from a, a steering perspective and those from the impacted as a function of change. It's all about communicate, communicate, communicate. Absolutely. Sure. On your teaching, uh, I, I, uh, I taught at the Northeastern Graduate School of Business when I was CIO in California, I mean in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and then when I went to California, I was on the faculty for Drexel, and I really enjoyed it. It was very challenging. I always felt, uh, uh, you know, working with uh, people in, in, in college and graduate school was very uh, invigorating and challenging at the same time. Uh, are you still teaching? Mm-hmm. No, not anymore. I bet you miss it, though, don't you? I do, I do. I tell you, you know, I tell everybody. I think for me, because uh, my my background was not in education, right? So I think to me, it was it was one of the hardest jobs. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> because it was, it, it was for me. I mean, you know, teaching programming. You know, as a f- former programmer, it just. You know, I remember going in thinking, easy peasy. Well, it was not that easy peasy trying to teach somebody how to program. So uh, luckily, I have my sister who is also um, a professor at a university. And when I talked to her, she said, you have got to take 10 steps back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it it was hard. But I tell you, I think it's... It has been really rewarding, uh, and I—I I, I mean, as up today, I still receive emails every once in a while, or through the social media messages of my uh, former students. Yeah. Now they're, you know, yeah, in, sure, in the job. it's great, great. With that, we're going to have to conclude our program today. I want to thank our guest, Jessica Jones, Chief Technology Officer for the State of Arkansas. Jessica, thanks for taking the time to be with us. You were great. Thank you, John. Uh, it was a pleasure.
And thank all of you for listening. Content from this state and local program, which also includes curated news and original articles by yours truly and other more esteemed authors, is part of the recently expanded AskTheCIO.com. Hope you can join us again each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or listen to a podcast afterwards. Until then, bye for now. I'm John Thomas Flynn. You've been listening to Ask the CIO, SLED Edition with John Thomas Flynn on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.